Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. I anticipate that the words of life today, what God spoke to me to share with you in this whole coming month, uh, two, uh, two fasters. Every Sunday, I'm going to be dealing with uh, we're winning over troubled times. On, Sunday, on Wednesday nights, I'm going to be teaching you on Jesus is and all the things that Jesus is. And so you want to get in on all of those things. And so we want to share these, these truths with you. Now, uh, for those of you that may be watching us live stream and tuning in, we celebrate you as well. We thank God for your life. Those of you that are visiting us from other states and counties and from other locations, we appreciate you in Jesus' name. And we thank God that as you're at home, safe and sound, and you're doing what you're called, we call you well and blessed. And the anointing that's present here with us is the anointing that's going to be present there with you. So in Jesus' name, we are doing our social distancing part. We have people congregation here. We're going to have a second service with a little bit more. I believe that we'll be in the second service, but we've got the capacity to be able to do that. And just to give everybody clarity, we're keeping with the gospel, doing what the word told us to do, following the Lord Jesus, following his direction. And then number two, following the state guidelines. Listen, last night we had a, a, a crew that came in and disinfected this whole building. And so, yeah, we had to pay for that, but we did it for your safety. And we did it because we believe in you. We love you. So and every 15 to 20 minutes, the restrooms will be cleaned again. Just updating you on what we're doing. And as your pastor, here's my, here's my goal. We're going to, uh, from the get-go on this, when they give the stay-at-home order, I said by my spirit, that we would open June 7th, and here we are. And I knew we would. And so we're here. I didn't rush because somebody else did. You're going to hear me teach about that today. Rushing is a temptation to, de- uh, to uh, literally derail you from your future. And so you got to watch that because somebody else does something doesn't mean you're supposed to do it. And what God tells one person, God may not tell the other. And as the pastor of this church, I got to follow the lead of the spirit. And I have no apologies for that whatsoever. So praise God for it. So are you all set to get in the word today? Let's let's do this. Let's go to if you will. Let's uh, if you have your Bible, put it up towards heaven. Say, this is my Bible. Out of it proceed the issues of life. I can have what my Bible said I can have. I can go. Where my Bible said I can go. I'm everything that my Bible says I am. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, Father, I thank you for the word today. Let's go over to the book of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew's gospel chapter two. And I want to talk to you about some glorious events. And and let's read this. And, uh, you know, I love uh, the gospel. I love the preaching of the gospels. I love to hear what the, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. And I want to talk to you about the hours that we're in right now. Listen to listen close to me. Uh, there's hope for every one of us. And, and He is our blessed hope. And He happens to be the anchor of our soul. And so we, we realize that. And, and the soul is what's under siege and under attack more than anything else. There's nothing Satan could do to your inner man. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You're a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new in Jesus' name. And if you don't know it, you better know it. And we're here to tell you so in Jesus' name, that the will of God is true. Now, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 13, it makes this statement. Watch this. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. I want you to catch that in just a moment. And, uh, and, and the young child, watch this, and arise and take the young child. Take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt and be thou there until, until I bring thee word. 
for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod. And that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet saying, out of Egypt, I will call my son. Then Herod, verse 16 says, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men and was exceedingly wroth, he sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years and under. Now catch that from two years and under, according to the time which had diligently required of the wise men. So catch what's going on here is that this is important that we hear this verse. Now, if you will, let me share some things with you. Let's go back a little bit. Let's just regress just a moment. You know, we all have Christmas cards and we all see uh, Joseph and Mary and they're moving in the nighttime and everything looks so wonderful as they're moving and the breeze is in their hair and she's about ready to give birth. Isn't that an awesome picture? We hear about that. It's a Christmas story. I know we get that. And then we hear about where she went after she gave birth, before she gave birth. She, by the word of the Lord, the angel appeared to her. Isn't that awesome? And said, you're going to carry the son of the living God. You'll be a savior to all the world. Isn't that awesome? And then a dream comes to Joseph and tells him the same thing. Listen, you better marry that woman because what she's carrying is holy and I need you to protect that baby, do all that. All of it done by the angel. Isn't that awesome? To get a sure word like that, that hey, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be awesome. Then uh, at the course of time, they had to move because of taxes and they had to go over to another city. And what? listen, I don't know about you, uh, when Joanne and I were expecting our firstborn, uh, she wasn't too excited about riding in a car you know, eight months into her pregnancy. You know, no, uh, are you kidding? I got to get up and go there. And she got out of that chair. I had to move her into what she had to do. Could you imagine riding a donkey or getting in and then riding like this just about before birth? And then they can't, your husband can't find you a place to have this birth. And what are you going to do? Can you imagine? But the promise was, hey, this is going to be an awesome thing. What's born of you is of God. Then here's the question. Why couldn't God provide a room? Think mentally for just a moment. If you're the man, if you're the husband, you're the wife, and you're thinking about all these things. Now, then you give birth, and guess what? Shepherds show up. Isn't that awesome? We saw a sign. Angels showed up, and they told us all this that was going to happen. Then three wise men show up and give gifts to them. And they were sent years in advance, got a revelation, and by the time they got there, they came and saw them. That's why they said at the custom of wise men, when they inquired, they said, we heard about this, so now we're dealing with the age factor of what's coming on. That's why two years are younger. Got to follow scripture. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Then, in a dream, the same God, it's going to be awesome. You got a, we got a wonderful bride there. She's a wonderful woman. She's so great, I am going to use her to give birth to the Emmanuel, who will be God with you, and it's going to be powerful. Isn't that awesome? And wouldn't you say these are all powerful statements? All of a sudden, here you get this word. Now I need you to flee. Herod wants to kill your child. Now, wait a minute, God. You just promised me that there was going to be, I'm, a, I'm going to be winning in all this moment. All of a sudden, no, we're not going to stop it. You better move. We can't stop what's the anger. We can't stop the hatred in Herod's heart. He doesn't belong to me. I can't dictate his will. So what I can do, I spoke to you in a dream, so I'm sending my angel again. Obey the dream. Rise up. Listen to the terminology. Take the young, the young, the young child and, your, and, your, and his mother. And his mother. Interesting, he didn't say, protect your wife and your, and your child. He said, take the, you, the child and his mother. 
Why? Because the whole safety factor was over the child. It wasn't about Mary and it wasn't about Joseph. It was over Jesus. What you and I have to do today, and every turmoil is protect, is protect the word or the Jesus in us. It's not about you. No challenge is about you. It's about who you are in Christ. It's about this damage that, that we've got to control it and say, wait a minute, greater is he that's in me, and it's the greatness in me that Satan's trying to destroy. And the only way he could do it is challenge me with an emotional situation so that I'll violate my own self with my words, my attitude, and my actions. However, I'm not going to do it. I got a sure word from God. Now here he got a sure word through an angel. You've got it through scripture. You've got it through prayer. You've got it through other situations. Jesus' life created such turmoil in the life of Joseph and Mary. It happened in the pregnancy. How are you going to explain that today? I mean, I don't know. If Joanne came to me one morning, I know I love you. You know you're my husband. But I want to let you know that what's born of me, I'm going to name him Joel, but it's not yours. God uh, visited me in the night and told me, what would, you know, how would I handle that? How would you handle that? How, how would you explain that? This is, this is a one-time event. This, is not, this has not happened before and since. I mean, it's not happened since. Some people tried to pull it off, but, but no. But no, it doesn't work that way. It didn't work. This was not an accident. This was God's plan. This, I was telling somebody the other day, that this, this justice was planned right after the fall. God planned this justice 4,000 years before Jesus came into the planet. For 4,000 years, this plan was in motion. For 4,000 years, people prophesied it. Men and women stood on it. Men and women saw manifestations about it. But it wasn't until the angel showed up and did talk to Mary and said, Behold, you'll be with a child. Justice was now about ready to be born into the earth. Amen? And now here you and I stand right now, 6,000 years later, just a little over that. And here we stand right now with the greatest justice giver there is, and his name happens to be Jesus Christ. Now watch this. If you listen close to me, listen to me, listen to me. And uh, I love this. And he said this that, uh, in verse 15. And there was until the death of Herod. Listen, go to Egypt and stay there. You've got to stay in the will of God long enough till what's challenging you dies. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Don't let the troubles chase you out of town. But if the Bible says flee, get up and flee. Fleeing was okay. But fleeing in the will of God. Now isn't it interesting? Flee to Egypt. For 400 years, the Israelites were, were in bondage in Egypt. And for, for 400 years, they were ripped off. They were, they were poor. And they spent all that time. I got a promised land for you. Now Jesus comes on the scene and he said, for your protection, go to Egypt. Why? Because Herod's jurisdiction did not go into Egypt. So although he wanted to kill Jesus, he couldn't reach his arm in there. When you stay in the will of God, the jurisdiction of Satan can't get you. You're outside of that jurisdiction. You are not of this world. You're in it, but you're not of it. You're citizens of the Most High God. You're citizens of heaven. And the Great One lives on the inside of you. Praise God for it. So this is very important. Now listen close to my statement. Our ability to obey, to obey and to wait reveals our authority over our future. Our ability to wait and, and obey reveals our, our authority over our future. 
See, some people are crushed. I don't know what I'm going to do. They said this. They said that. They, they're talking about this. And they're saying I might not have a job or I might have this symptom in my body or this is going on in our household. Your authority is not what they say. Your authority is not about their emotion. Your authority is not about what they see or what they hear. Your authority is based on what you hear yourself saying. And I say, I am of God and I overcome because greater is he that's in me than he that is in this world. Our ability to obey and wait reveals Reveals the authority we have in our future. Don't give your authority away. Don't give it away. Joseph and Mary did not give their authority away. They protected their authority in obedience to what the word said. And he said, and I'll send word. Didn't say how long that would take. There was no statement that said, how long would this take? There was no statement to it. There wasn't any statement to how the word would come. There wasn't any idea of how that. Then they found out Herod died. And then once they did that, they were allowed to come back. Your future will not decide the timing of your entry into it. Your future's there. How you obey and your mindset and your attitude determines how quickly you move. And how God can use you. And remember this. God didn't tell everybody in the city to go with Joseph and Mary. God told Joseph. So what God may tell one, he may not tell somebody else. So this is why I say your future cannot be decided by others. You cannot be decided by what other people are doing. It can't be. You just can't go that way. Amen. I mean, this is just important. I remember I had a phone call. Somebody asked me a question. They said, hey, you know, and uh, you know, I'm ordained with Brother Jesse. And somebody said, you know, hey, you know, Brother Jesse said that the Lord gave him this message and to do this. And I said, that's true. He said, why aren't you doing it? And he says, I'm going to do what Jesse said. I said, really? I said, well, why don't you have a plane? Why aren't you dead free? I said, if you did everything Jesse said, you'd be in the same situation. I said, here's the principle I got from what Jesse said. If you'll hear from God on your own, then you'll have the exact will of God that he has. He didn't say, follow me. Paul didn't say that. He said, follow me as I follow Christ or as I stay in the anointing and follow the anointing for my life. Thank God for what God's telling other people. You've got to go by what God's telling you to do. And in that, there's peace that passes understanding. To win in troubled times, we must not become addicted to or anxious about our future. Be addicted to the word, not your future. Don't be, because if you are, you'll become anxious about it. You ever notice an addict? They're always, once they get a fix, they're wondering where my next fix is coming from. You got to stay with what God told me to do. You know that yesterday I, I went to sleep and knew that my future would be here. Here I am. And once I woke up, future was there and then future passed and now I'm here. And, and I'll go to sleep again tomorrow and wake up to future. But it'll all be based on the road that I'm paving before me. Amen. So this is important. So we got to win in troubled times. You and I've got to do this. And, and listen, you got to win in troubled times. Would you say with me that Joseph and Mary were in troubled times at that point? Joseph got a dream. Mary didn't get the dream. Joseph got it. Protect that child. Take, your, take his mother with him. No, it's his mother. Not your wife. His mother. Isn't that interesting? So the, the, once again, the significant factor about this, it takes the two of you to protect this child I gave to you. So both of you get up, do what I got to do. And he said, they rose and they obeyed and they went. Now watch this. When your day is interrupted with trouble, when your day is interrupted with troubled situations that you were not expecting. Anybody ever had that happen? You, you didn't expect it and you thought, well, well, the news I got on Monday, oh, I thought was it. And then I got a news on Thursday. 
And it sounded like it was just, it wasn't like taking away from that, it was like adding to it. And so, uh, you know, it was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, may I help you? You're not a camel. You're not a camel. And what do you do carrying so, many, so much hay that it takes just one more straw to break you? Don't, don't go to the world's cliches for your challenges. Don't laugh about them. You're not an animal. It's not hump day. <laughs> Trouble situations come. They come to everybody. They come to everybody. If you live on this planet, you come. Brother Kenneth e. Hagin was asked one time, can I live on this earth without any problems or stress? He, he goes, no. He goes, well, how do I get rid of them? He said, die. <laughs> so if you don't want any challenges, leave earth. But you don't want that. You don't want that at all. Listen, your day may be interrupted with trouble. It's situations. It may be. It may be interrupted by that. Watch this. And we're not expecting. And you're not responsible for this. So don't accept the stress that it brings. Don't accept the stress. It'll only provide you mess. You must stop and say, this does not decide my future. Not my life. It's not going to alter my plans because I win in troubling times. I win in troubling times. Troubling times can often come by people who are constantly living in trouble. Their mind is consumed with trouble. Everything about their day. If you just feast on the word of God, do what it tells you. Right now, listen to this statement. Are you ready for it? Listen to this statement. Are you ready for it? You on TV? Watch this. Right now, your future is adapting to the size of your faith. Right now, your future is adapting to the size of your faith. So talk to me about how big your heart is and what's coming out of your mouth on a daily basis, every day of your life. The tension of the world should not be in your vocabulary. The faith of God should be in your vocabulary. Jesus was crowded in one time. And the, and the scribes and the Pharisees came, and they, and they were coming at him. And one of his men said, Jesus, you better leave town. They're coming to get you. They're coming to get you. And Jesus said, you go back and tell that fox, it's not appointed to me to die this way. So he wasn't bothered by what they said. You got to let that roll off your back. If you know who you are in Christ, that's your vocabulary. Your vocabulary. Jesus had a vocabulary of heaven, and he learned when to be quiet when it was time. They brought an adulterous woman, threw her on the ground, and Jesus, they said, what do you think we should do with her? And Jesus didn't say a word. He just looked at him, got down, and wrote on the ground. We can't opinionate on this, what he wrote. We don't know what he wrote. We don't know what he wrote at all. There's no, no history of that. <clears throat> so people say, well, I think. No, stop it. We don't know. Don't make your think a doctrine. We don't know what he wrote. But we know what he wrote changed him. Then he got up and said a word. Any one of you that, that has, has never sinned, then cast the first stone. And from the oldest, do you notice this? From the oldest, the scripture gives a description. From the oldest to the youngest, they walked away. The oldest were wise enough. I ain't messing with this. The young ones were stubborn. Well, he's old. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'll stand here and resist him. Right now, your future, it's adapting to the size of your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. I want you to look at this powerful uh, 
and constant promise. It's a constant promise. It's powerful and it's constant. And it's spoken by the prophet Isaiah. And it was spoken by the Spirit of God through this vessel of honor. And during the time period that he said this, it's a very, I, we don't have time for the whole chapter. I wish we did. But I want you to notice this verse. It said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord. Notice the next statement. They shall mount up as wings of eagles. They're going to run and not be weary. They that wait on the Lord shall walk and not faint. Oh man, that's good. I got to read that again just to bless myself. They that wait upon the Lord. That's me. Is that you? Is that you? All right. Now let me, you don't go to a restaurant and see a waiter and see him leaning against the wall doing nothing. You refer to them as a server. Well, we refer to them as a waiter, but we know that they're servants. And they that wait or serve, keep serving, even though it doesn't feel like it. Even you have to have the nerve to serve, ladies and gentlemen. You have to have a nerve to do this. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up as wings of eagles. That's me. Is that you? Hey, they shall run, not run away. Run and not be weary. They'll walk and they'll not faint. Waiting on God provides strength which remo- removes the temptation of hurrying. It removes that temptation of hurrying. A lot of people are hurrying through life. What do I got to do? Well, I got to do this. I got to do that. If situations don't happen, you have to ask yourself questions. Is it essential that I do that? You know, there's two verses of scripture. I love them. One says that Jesus got talked to the wind and the wind ceased and it, it, it stopped. Then there's another verse of scripture that says that Jesus entered the boat and instantly they were on the other side. If you look at the verse of scripture, two different stories. One, Jesus dealt with the storm. He dealt with the situation. The other one, he said, this isn't worth the fight. Let's just get to the other side. You got to learn what's worth, worth fighting for. And not everything's worth fighting for. Not everything's worth your faith energy to occupy your time. Amen. It's, not, it's just not worth it. You got to learn to wait. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to fulfill it. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 40 makes a statement. This is the ESV translation. <clears throat> For you equip me with strength. Oh, isn't that good? You equip me with strength. For the battle. Oh, for the battle? He just didn't equip you with strength. He said, no, there's a battle coming. You need strength. Fighting the good fight of faith. We're Christians. We love God. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. We got the blood of Jesus over our life. Goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. Angels following us. And guess what? You'll still get into battles. But if you allow the strength of God to get on the inside of you, you'll make it in life. Watch this. I like this part of it. You'll make those who rise against me sink under me. In time. So here's a good good word for you. Especially the hour we're living in right now. Here's what, here's what God said. Vengeance is mine. Let me take care of all that situation. Rushing into things because you want an instant feel better fix can be destructive. Mary and Joseph. No, I don't want to go to Egypt. Now, now Angel, listen. I don't want to go there. We have history there. Egypt has not been good to any of us. We can't go there. Go to Egypt. And you go into Egypt. So he, they did it. And wait there. I don't want to wait there. See, oftentimes what you need isn't what you want. And oftentimes what you want isn't what you need. 
You got to follow the leading of God over God telling you to do. Amen? So it's important that we do that. Waiting on God requires total focus on your present solution for lifelong results. You got to wait on God. Hear from God as to what God's telling you to do. Everything about our life is about this waiting moment. There's going to be some moments of frustration, moments of challenges that, that occur in our life. Waiting on God, it requires total focus. Waiting imparts strength, which shall renew your strength. Look at Mark chapter 14, verse 13 through 40, 34. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Version. Mark chapter 14, verses 33 and 34 makes this powerful statement in regards to this strengthening. And I want you to see this because this is so important. Jesus, the Messiah. Now, well, here's what he did before I read the verse. You know what he did. Jesus came on, and here's, here's his three things that he did in his lifetime. He preached. He made me rephrase. He taught, the, he preached, and he healed. Those are the three things that Jesus did. He taught, preached, and healed in his earthly ministry. And we know that he healed lepers. We know that he healed blind people, deaf people. He made the lame to walk. And then he, he uh, ministered to individuals that were lonely. He corrected people's lives. He changed people's lives. Isn't that awesome? He did all that. Here was the man. And then they, one time they said, Jesus, his men, his own disciples, why don't we just call fire out of heaven and burn everybody up? And uh, Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. In other words, you probably couldn't do it. I could. And I'm not going to. Your reaction to the situation is, is, to, is, is, is that's how we're going to win this. So you don't recognize it's not going to take their death to change you. It's going to take my death. It's my death that will change it. And so my, this is why I say this. In the middle of all this, read this in the Amplified. Listen to this. Go home and read this in the Amplified. Homework! Go home in the Amplified. Read this. Verse 33. He took with him, he took with him Peter and James and John. This is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he began to be struck. He began, he began, he began, he began. Remember the scripture says that Peter stepped out of the boat and he began to sink? Same word. In other words, there was this overwhelming thought that put him into a position to where he was, be, he was being overwhelmed, sucked in to this whole thing. And uh, the Bible says in here, that uh, this is the Amplified Version, he began to be struck with terror and amazement, deeply troubled and depressed. And he said to them, this is what he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sad. It's becoming overwhelmed with grief so that it almost kills me. Remain here and keep awake and be watchful. Man, that was a powerful statement. Most overlooked the verse that he was under so much pressure that he sweat blood. Now, I've been under a lot of pressure, and I've never sweat blood. I've never had that happen. I've never been under that much, that much pressure that I couldn't handle it, and blood poured out of my veins. And so I never had that happen. Now, he said, but remain here with me. Keep awake. Keep awake. The Bible said, awake and sin not. Stay awake. Stay alert to what's going on today. And, and watching. Now this is the historical account we see Jesus, the man overwhelmed by negative emotions and, and to the point that he was terrified and deeply troubled according to the scripture. Waiting on God though births vision. See when you wait on God in the middle of that, he said, I got to go to prayer. Stay awake with me. And he went a stone throws away and he got on his knees and he began to seek the only thing he needed to do. He did two things. He separated 
himself from people who didn't understand what he was going through. There are people that do not understand what you're going through. They love you. They say they, lo- they care about you, that they, they're for you, but they don't understand what you're going through. So they can't advise you. Your advisors should not be people who say, let me tell you the 20 times I hurt and the 20 times I was on depression pills and the 20 times I gave up. No, it's got to come from somebody who said, I got you internally, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Amen. And if you got one friend like that, you're so blessed. Who says, no matter what you go through, I know what the word says. I'm a word man. Amen. So uh, uh, watch this. Uh, waiting on God burst vision. They shall mount up with wings. Uh, and so we got, how, how did Jesus do this? In the middle of all that scripture and chaos, in it all, listen to this. Hebrews 12, 2. King James Version says this. Uh, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So he's the author of our faith. He's the finisher of our faith. And watch this. For the joy that was set before him, he endured. He endured what? The cross. So Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The only reason you'll endure is for the joy that's set before you. And the joy isn't a person other than Jesus Christ. I didn't marry Joanne to keep me in perpetual joy. And I guarantee you, since I've been married, I've not given her perpetual joy. No, do we know why? The gifts, the fruit of the Spirit, excuse me, the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, and peace. All three of those come directly from God. No man, no woman can give you those three elements in its purity and in its authority and its divinity. You just can't get it that way. You can't get it that way. Uh, so love, joy, and peace. Joy is a spiritual gifting to you. You can have full of joy even though your emotions are troubled. And he said, I may be emotionally troubled, but joy in me has a vision. And the joy beyond this pain emotionally that I see in me, that joy will help me endure and go through what I've got to go through. I'm telling you right now, God's giving you joy. He's got joy. Joy that's unspeakable. Joy that's full of glory. Amen. And the Bible said rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Find something good in the midst of your challenge. God, this is what I'll rejoice over you. God, this is what it's about. You may not like where you're at, what you're going through. You may not like what you see. But if you don't have anything that you see around you that you can target your eyes on and say, that's what, I, that's what it is. Stop for just a moment and go, I remember when I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. That's joy. Start from there and then start picturing. Do you remember the first time you ever got healed? Think about it. That's joy. Remember the first time God ever supplied a natural need to you? You prayed, you believed, and you got it. That's joy. Praise God for it. This is what you and I have got to do. So we've got to realize the joy he endured. Waiting on God births determination to endure. They'll run. They'll run. This is the body of Christ. They that wait long enough in the presence of God, watch this. Listen closer to what I'm about to say to you. We should listen close to everything I was saying to you. <laughs> listen to your pastor, I'm telling you. Stay and wait long enough in the presence of God for unspoken, internalized wounds to be healed. Because sometimes you'll go through something and you don't want to say it to anybody. 
but somehow it may have wounded you, it hurt you, it felt crushed, and you don't know, who do I tell I'm going through hell? I don't feel at my best right now. So it's, hey, praise God. For some people, they were going through so many challenges, it was good that they had social distancing because they could scream in their own home and nobody could hear it. Come on, we're people, man. We're strong. And we always say, God's with me. God loves me. Hallelujah. We don't want to see those weak moments where we're going, yeah, I know. <laughs> but you don't know what I'm going through. We're shouting in my head. There was a, I was trying to find it. I can't find it. Back in the 70s, there was a, about a five-minute video clip, and I really enjoyed this video clip. And it was a picture of Jesus on the cross. And every time that they would show, his, show him on the cross, he would say, it's finished. And before he would do that, he would shout this out. This was put in. He said, can anybody hear me? And then he dropped his head. And the first time he did that in the video, he was at Calvary. Then he dropped his head again, and almost like 400 years had passed after his death. He said, can anybody hear me? And he dropped his head. Then he was in the towns of the Western days, and advanced so quickly. And there he is in this town, and cowboys are riding by. And, and then he said, can anybody hear me? And he dropped his head. And the last scene was downtown New York, Times Square, across the city there. He said, can anybody hear me? And he dropped his head, and he died. He died for every man, every woman, every generation, past and present, and yet to come. The children that are in the womb today, Jesus died for them. The children that are yet to be born, after somebody gets married four or five years, if the Lord doesn't come, Jesus died for them. And he's crying out, and especially to the church, I know you're going through trouble, I know you're going through trying, but if you just come back to this moment and say, is anybody listening? Yield. And I'll give you strength and I'll cause you to mount up on wings of eagles. I'll cause you to run when it's difficult to walk. I'll give you internal strength. I'm your God. I am with you forever and ever. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. There has never been one virus I can't whip. There has never been one challenge I can't overcome. You've never been so down that I can't supply all your need. I am your God. You are my people. You are my children. I am your father, he said. He is Lord. He is your savior. He is your master. He is your king. He is your all in all. Wait long enough in his presence to receive everything that you need. I know we go through things. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy always comes in the morning. Joy always comes in the morning for the joy that was set before him. Stay and wait long enough for the presence of God to remove the confusion of your mind and seasons of uncertainty for them to disappear. According to 1 Corinthians 14.33, it says, For God is not the author uh, of confusion, but of peace. God didn't author any confusion. So if you feel confused right now over scenarios and situations, just quit it. Just stop. And, 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 and stop it. Talk to God when you feel stuck in negative emotions. Because you win over troubled times. 
Talk to God when fear and sudden moments of discouragement strikes you because you win over troubled times. Talk to God when thoughts of depression come around. When these lying emotions and symptoms show up at your doorstep. And remember, you win over troubled times. Never discount or minimize prayer in these moments. That's when you need to pray because you win over troubled times. If you don't talk to God, you leave room for emotions to drown out His voice. We need to hear His voice to win in troubled times. Remember, champions, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and shall not faint. This is what God told me to preach to you today. And I have delivered what God told me to tell you. We win in the name of Jesus. I don't care what's coming. Heaven loves you. God is back in you. Angels are around you. Goodness and mercy are for you every day of your life. Praise God for it. Amen. For those of you that are watching, you may be going through troubled times and you may be going through situations and you don't know how to handle these situations. I have a God who loves you. A God who's never given up on you. I've got a master by the name of Jesus Christ. Been serving him for many years and he's been good to me. He's been good to many of those individuals that are with us right now. If you're in this auditorium, you say, Pastor Art, I need Jesus Christ in my life. Well, then we're going to give you an opportunity as well. But if you're on the, on, uh, watching us right now, I want you to pray with me before I go any further with this service. God is a God of hope and God is a God of help. And I believe that God's giving that to you right now. For those of you that are in here today, I believe I've strengthened you. Words of life strengthen me. If you give me enough time, I could teach you how to be free. My job is not to make you free. He did that. He said that I made you free. He'll set you free. The truth will make you free. My job is to preach the truth. Your job is to live the truth. Yeah. Amen. All I can do is preach it to you. I can put a steak in front of you, but it's up to you to eat it. If you don't want to eat it, ship it back to me and I'll eat it. But we'll, we'll get this thing because I eat off of what I preach. Amen. We've all been going through moments and situations and, and all the time that we're in right now. And we've all had the same things. All the same scenarios. So not one after, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. So we're all going to go through situations. We realize that. But we've got a God that loves us. Amen. Amen. If you're in this auditorium or you're on the... If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.